right, all right, all right. Welcome to Hold the Line Kitchen Talk, the show that covers food trends, recipes, drinks, and current events in the restaurant world from a chef's perspective. I'm Bill Sell, chef owner of Bill Sell's Bold, and today we'll be talking about restrictions, ghost kitchens, what I'm reading, and the recipe of the week. And if you're a fan of granular data, I got a little something for you, too. so pumped first podcast ever and it's just a shame we got to be doing this right in the middle of covid so let's start off with the current events today september 1st 2020 and the restaurant world is being dismantled so we'll start off let's talk about a little bit uh, of what we got to do to make sure that the restaurant uh is able to is able to operate so all businesses and employees in the restaurant retail food service industry authorized to conduct in-person activities pursuant to this guidance must do the following. Require all customers to wear a mask while entering, exiting, or otherwise traveling through the restaurant. I understand that. Um, that's just that's just what you got to do. So you got to put up with it and you got to do it. So that's, that's how you do business right now. Provide at least six feet between parties and tables. Totally understand that. It's kind of hard when you have smaller places, but uh, you're going to have to... Uh, you're going to have to space everybody out. That's just what you got to do. Um, space, you must allow for physical distancing from areas outside the facility's control, i.e. such that pedestrians on the sidewalk can pass at least six feet of distance to the customer. That was a little hairy right there. Um, if you have a, a patio now and your patio happens to be right beside a sidewalk, you are losing six feet of your patio space because of the sidewalk because of this. This one's, uh, I mean, they're basically walking by. Um, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Um, not a big fan of that one. Don't think that one was thought through very well, but uh, it's just another thing I guess you got to do. So moving on, ensure your maxim maximum occupancy limits for indoor and outdoor areas are posted and strictly enforced. That's basically your fire code, however many people you uh, can fit in your restaurant on a normal basis. They just want, want, it, want you to have it posted. Um, whether it's 50, 60, 70, 200 people, whatever you want, they want to have that posted. I think that's just because that way they can walk in, they see it on your door, anybody walks in, boom, they count heads, um, and you could be in trouble, or educated, as they say. Because I think right now, uh, last I looked, Pennsylvania State Police Liquor Control Board is visiting about 1,200 different establishments, establishments over every weekend. So, uh, yeah. They're out there to, as they call it, educate us on how we can save lives. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's, let, let's check out the method number one. We limit the indoor occupancy to 25% of the stated fire code. So whatever you have on your, uh, on your window or on your door, however many people can normally sit in there, you're at uh, 25%. And they even help you out if uh, you don't know what that is whatever your square footage is a uh, thousand square feet you can have 25 people and a thousand square feet so uh that's a tough one i mean you're you're basically taking whatever you made last year and you were taking that times 25 percent, and that's what you are allowed uh to make 
uh, which is which is 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 a little rough. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, if you're a five hundred thousand dollar a year business, seventy seat capacity, open six days a week, you know you can gross around sixteen hundred dollars a day. You know what I mean? Twenty twenty three dollars a seat. I mean, fine dining, you're you're probably looking at it doubling that seat. I mean, um, and it's hard. Uh, you take that seventy seat capacity and you take that time to 25 percent you look at 17 and a half people are a lot inside your restaurant at a single time but in that 17.5 don't forget that out of that 17.5 your employees have to be counted in that as well that's that's one thing that it doesn't look like everybody's time to kind of taken into consideration is you know i mean however many people you have to have in there so if you have six six staff members you know a couple people back in the back you have a a, a hostess a bartender you know somebody you know your wait staff you might have six people in there so now that takes that number down to 11 and a half guests you're allowed to have in the restaurant at a time you know what i mean you go back to your uh 23 a seat where you're making 1600 dollars at your 70 seat capacity a day and that's only that's only one turn that's not flipping tables just 1600 dollars. you do 70 people in the night 23 a seat now you're down to your uh, 11 and a half guests you're you're talking 265 dollars a day is what you're going to make max by following these state guidelines um so you went from 1600 dollars a day to making 265 dollars a day and uh don't forget to save a little money because there have been zero tax breaks especially here in the state of pennsylvania nothing here in the state of pennsylvania to help the uh, hospitality industry so that's just a little breakdown i like numbers and uh just thought that's that's a little way to look at it so Again, we move on. Arrange the restaurant so customers sitting at a table are within six feet of any other customers sitting at a table. Um, basic information, that's that's just what we do, okay? Uh, don't use shared tables among multiple parties unless the seats can be arranged to maintain six feet of distance between parties. Basically the same thing. You're not pulling, pulling tables together for uh, different parties so they, they, they won't be close to each other, you know, the whole six-feet deal again. Um, Train all employees on the importance and expectation of increased frequency of hand washing. That's basic. That should be going on all the time. Um, that's just standard, especially in the food business, especially if you're in the back of the house. You know what I mean? You're washing your hands just as much as doctors. should be anyway. Um, assign employees to monitor and clean high-touch areas frequently while in operation, including entrance doors, bathroom services, host stands, and et cetera. Um, that's just another employee that you're going to have basically um, on the clock who is just basically wiping everything down. Uh, you got to have somebody in there wiping doors down, bathrooms down, everything down e every time. It just uh, it just makes everybody feel safe. Um, so you just got to kind of do it. Um, implement procedures to increase cleaning and sanitizing frequency in the back of the house. Again, pretty standard. You should have those anyway. Those should be your closing, opening, and uh as I say, stay busy. Um, sheets that you should have going. Everybody should be cleaning all the time. As uh, Chef Andy used to say, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So you should be cleaning anytime. Um, other things provide physical guides such as tape on floors or sidewalks and signage on walls to ensure that all customers remain at least six feet apart in lines or waiting for seating or in line for the restroom. Encourage customers ordering takeout to wait in their vehicles after ordering. Um, yeah, you're not you, you, the tape on the floor thing. Um, we're just going to all be adults about that. Um, I'm not going to put tape on my floors here at Bold. Um, just not going to do it. Um, sidewalks, again, stay away from each other. I mean, it, it's basically common sense things here. Um, 
stay in your vehicle after ordering you know we can do that i mean the, the, the text thing a lot of times they'll text us here they'll tell us they're outside we, we can run their food out to them so that's not a big deal um yeah uh moving on provide non-medical masks for employees to wear at all times and make it mandatory mandatory to wear masks while at the restaurant um that's kind of just the here in pennsylvania you have to wear the mask in you have to wear the mask out you have to wear the mask all around um i would like to talk to the guy who uh who spent uh, 10 hours over the grill with that mask on, and we'll see uh, what he thinks about wearing that mask back in the kitchen at all times. Um, they might want to might want to look at that. That 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 could get hairy. A lot of people uh, a lot of people get down, especially in the summer. As hard as the kitchens are, wearing a mask, I, I don't know that that's that's in people's best health interest. There, um, where possible, stagger workstations to avoid employees standing adjacent or next to each other. Another thing, if you're in the kitchen, I mean. You're right beside each other. The grill guy's right beside the saute guy. The saute guy's right beside the dish guy. The dish guy's beside the salad guy. The salad guy's is beside, you know, the dessert guy. And on and on and on with wait staff walking in between you. That that that's a hard one. I mean, you're in a restaurant. That's <laughs> I don't know how you're supposed to, have, you know, space everybody six feet out in the kitchen. But it's on there. It's a guideline. Um, Establish a limit for the number of employees in shared spaces. Again, uh, it's probably not going to be a problem because you're not going to have your whole staff back because you're only at 25% and you can't pay to have everybody in there anyway. So that's just the way it goes. Um, ensure employees do not share equipment. You know, um, most people have their own knives, their own tongs. That's that, that's going on. You know, that's, that's pretty basic anyway. Um, verify that dishwashing machines are operating at the required wash, rinse, and sanitize temperatures with the appropriate detergents and sanitizers. Again, that's that's your basic health code. Um, you should have that going on um, all the time. Anyway, follow all requirements of the Department of Agricultural Food Code regulations. Again, that's uh, that's basic. That should be done every day anyway. That's that's your that's your every year inspection. That's everything you should be doing anyway. So that's no big deal there. So that is everything that is mandatory for you to do in order to. Uh, be serving food right now in Pennsylvania. So after complying with all those 16 steps, um, they also have another list of encouraged activities to follow, um, i.e. install plastic barriers, install touchless door and bathroom systems, daily temperature checks on employees, um, and the list just goes on. Like I said, it's 16 more steps after that that they would like to see you do. Um, installing plastic barriers, man, I don't know about living in the bubble, and doing things like that but uh yeah we're not gonna <laughs> the, the plastic barriers that's a tough one um install touchless door and bathroom systems again um that would require pretty much everybody to shut down their restaurant and uh have extensive construction done um all while paying for it on your uh 25 percent mandatory uh indoor seating capacity so uh good luck with that so uh I'm not sure what what's what are the steps for us to move on from here there I have not seen anything laid out and nothing has been done we are at 25 percent and I don't know when we will go to 30 percent 40 percent 50 percent 75 percent I'm not sure how anything's laid out and there is like I said there's been no talk no no meetings nothing going on for moving forward within the hospitality industry um so yeah, I think the only way we're going to move on is data and uh, granular data at that. So. Lisa, don't business owners.
establishments caused a spike in cases instead of hearing the administration just basically say take our report? Well, uh, we're not going to be able to reduce grant, uh, to, to produce granular data that X restaurant in X county was implicated. There is uh, uh, granular data uh, about that, although we're not going to release specific granular data like that. Uh, So we have a lot of data from our contact tracing, and sometimes that can specifically say that this person was at this bar at this location, etc. Sometimes it doesn't. So I don't have uh, I don't have tables that can tell you that this bar has had this many patients. But we have data from our contact tracing. Allegheny County has a lot of data from their contact tracing. Uh, what you're describing is it kind of aggregate data about what sectors of either, what, what types of establishments mm-hmm. are. My impression was that the request for, was for very, very granular data. Uh, we'll be glad to look at it, and we'll consider it. So there you have it, folks. The clear-cut plan to get the restaurant business out of the 25%. So uh, if you feel uh, a little confused, um, don't worry, because I feel like we are all a little bit confused at the explanation of how we're going to move on in uh, data, granular data, 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 data. Data. I don't think we're doing anything with data because if we were looking at data, um, I think the situation would be a lot different. So, uh, all right, uh, enough of the doom and gloom stuff. Let's uh, move on, get into some good stuff. Let's talk about some food, uh, restaurants, um, and hopefully in future episodes, we won't have to waste a lot of time on regulations and government talks. So our uh, next topic, let's move into uh, trends. Trends I see coming along, uh, ghost kitchens. Um, this is something I was looking into probably a year, year and a half before COVID even started. Um, it's just a little easier way to do uh, to do food from the kitchen for uh, um, smaller places. Um, and uh, it's just it's the future now. I believe with uh, definitely with COVID now, uh, ghost kitchen is going to be huge. So uh, if you're asking yourself, what is a ghost kitchen? Uh, definition of a ghost kitchen. Um, A ghost kitchen is a professional food preparation and cooking facility set up for the preparation of delivery meals only. A ghost kitchen contains the kitchen equipment and facilities needed for the preparation of restaurant meals, but has no dining area for walk-in customers. Restaurants that use the ghost kitchens may have a different physical location for walk-in customers, or maybe delivery only ghost restaurants. Ghost kitchen difference from the ghost restaurant in that a ghost kitchen is not necessarily a restaurant brand in itself and may contain kitchen space and facilities for more than one restaurant brand. Um, it's definitely, uh, you can do all kinds of things. Um, it's an easy way to get started. If you're, if you're really into the food game and you re- and you want to get started, the ghost kitchen is probably the way to go because, I mean, opening a brick-and-mortar restaurant, it's, it's high risk. It's expensive, um, whereas ghost kitchens are lower risk, offer a more affordable way for uh, – entrepreneurs to enter the business i mean uh opening <laughs> opening brick and mortar restaurants um it requires permits inspections i mean all kinds of stuff i mean there's times that you you, you know you're ready to get going and, and and they're still working on your building i mean <laughs> you want a perfect example we opened bold up i mean or it was supposed to be a six week a six week build you know and end up being six months i mean we we were paying uh mortgages out of the money received uh to try to start the business you know which is probably not the best way to start your business but here we are 11 years later so we uh 
we seem to figure it out. So, uh, so how fast the ghost kitchen trend catching on? Um, here's a little clip I picked up. I saw it and it was in the New Yorker coming from, uh, uh, June 28th, just recently too. I mean, semi recently, but, uh, some restaurant owners operate 10 virtual brands from a single kitchen. In February, when the New York City Council held an oversight hearing on the impact of ghost kitchens on local businesses, Matt Newberg, an entrepreneur and independent journalist, testified that he had visited a Cloud Kitchens commissary in Los Angeles where 27 kitchens occupying 11,000 square feet operate 115 restaurants on delivery platforms. I mean, you talk about getting the most bang out of your buck and using that, that's, that's the way to go. I mean, what does it say there? I mean, your 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 costs are low, um, and you're not you're not paying to have you don't need a whole front of the house. You don't have to worry about a liquor license. It's put it in a box. Someone picks it up and it goes. It's uh, I think it's the future. I mean, only time will tell how ghost kitchens will affect the dining and restaurant business, but uh, it will have an impact, especially coming out of the current pandemic situation. So, uh, pros and cons. Um, what are the pros of opening up a ghost kitchen? Um, I think we already talked about it. Labor cost is huge. I mean, you know, have no front of the house. You have no bartenders. You know, front of the house managers. Um, your kitchen staff is cut, you know, almost in half. Um, so that's huge just on the labor side. I mean, because the labor, I mean, if you're talking about labor, that's huge in the restaurant business, trying to keep your labor in, in check. Um, going to an all-to-go uh, platform, um, you're saving on dish chemicals. I mean, you're not replacing China and flatware. Um, utilities, your payroll taxes are down. Um, if you're washing linens, you know, I mean, having to set the dining room every day, you no longer have to do any of that because you're only a kitchen. That's all you have is a kitchen. You're not, you don't have a dining room. So that, that also helps out too. Um, menu, menu development. Um, again, with everything being a pickup, you can operate multiple restaurants like they found uh, in Los Angeles. I mean, it's everywhere now. You can oper operate multiple restaurants from one kitchen using the same staff. Like, for example, like if you want to, um, the way the, the delivery is set up, you just get iPads for your delivery. So if you want to, you pick up one iPad and you're a burger concept. Um, name it something. Um, you pick up another iPad, you're a wrap concept. Um, pick up another iPad, you're a salad concept. Another iPad, you're a wing concept. So basically, you're four different restaurants now all coming out of your one kitchen using one kitchen staff, which, uh, again, I mean, talk about cutting cut, uh, costs and, and doing things efficiently. That's the way to go. Um, cons, what, what, what don't we like about that? Um, definitely, it's going to be your, uh, your third-party uh, delivery fees. Um, somewhere, some of them were upwards of 30%. I did see there's a lot of states now that are uh, stepping in, putting limits on uh, percentages that these uh, third-party delivery companies can hold i mean if you're if you have your own delivery guy it's excellent i mean that you just cut out a huge uh huge cost there if you deliver on your own or if you would want you could start a, a ghost kitchen concept and just have people pick up um before covid started like i said this is this was a concept definitely i was looking at and uh where we're at i believe that uh my lunch hour will probably go ghost kitchen style pretty soon we won't be doing uh dine-in service for lunch but we will be doing online ordering with uh pickup so you'll be able to pick up uh, pick up your food. It will be ready for you. You just you just take it and go. We won't have dining seating, but uh, you can pick up and go, which will allow us to you know, in turn have a little extra revenue coming in from the lunch hours, but still allow us to do our, our bold things at night where we do our sit down dinners, which are more fine dining. So, uh, you know what I mean? Again, you could it would look like you know we're operating you know depending on what we do during during the day for lunch. You could operate two or three different restaurants at lunchtime, and then we could still be bold at night. You know, so making uh, 
making use of every square foot that we have to try to make a dollar during this. So uh, I think uh, the future is, is huge for ghost kitchens, and a lot of people are, are definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be looking into that. So uh, moving on, um, what I'm reading, um, not that probably anybody really cares, but I just thought it'd be cool to put it in there. Um, what I'm reading right now, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Excellent, excellent, excellent book. All of his books are great. Um, but Tools of Titans is the tactics, routines, and habits of billionaires, icons, and world-class performers. Um, what I got out of this book was uh, basically the schedule, you know what I mean? Scheduling yourself, you know, write everything down that you want to do uh, the next day, the night before. So it's in there and you can get it done. Get up early. Exercise is crucial. I mean, that wasn't really hard for me. I exercise every day pretty much uh, already, but uh, get it done in the morning. Get moving. Um, a lot of the little ticks, the little uh, tips and tricks that I find from him inside my book. I'm holding the book up like everybody's seeing me, like I'm a big deal on YouTube or something. But in inside the 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 first page of the book, that's completely clear. Now instead of me like highlighting stuff and then I can't find it in the book, uh, one little thing I picked up from him is I write the page number down, and then a little explanation. That way, anytime I pick up the book again, I go back to the front page there, and there's a bunch of different page numbers written down there with stuff that I like, and I can flip right to that section read it over and get back at it um again like the book that i the the uh tools of titans it, it was great for morning routines that's what i loved about it there was there was huge i mean jocko welling i mean you know my guy jocko i love that guy but uh his routines i mean there's like i said there's there's so many different people in there you know meditation stretching weight training um breathing exercises diets um just just everything you can imagine is in there and it's a great it's a great read for anybody that is uh just to look at you know just trying to just trying to be a better person um and if you have if you haven't read that book um uh, his other books that he's read that i've read all of them he has the four hour chef the four hour body the four hour work week uh tribe of mentors he's got a great podcast um uh, i just like a lot of things that he does so uh that's what i'm reading right now um so hopefully uh maybe you'll check out some of those books and uh we'll see what happens so moving on from books to food, hopefully everybody's still uh, still listening and tuning in and I haven't bored you out and you uh, already checked out of the podcast. But uh, anyway, recipe of the week, um, red chili rub salmon with grilled corn and black bean salsa. So the reason I picked this one, um, I'm going to say my uh, very, well, my first chef job was at, uh, is, was at Pitt Johnstown back in the way, way back in the day. But uh, my first, like, free reign executive chef job was at the uh, U.S. Hotel back in the late 90s. And at that time, in that time, uh, there was the uh, New York Food Show. And I definitely had to go because my man, I mean, you know who my man is, Bobby Flay. Uh, uh, I just had to go see it. So uh, we went to the New York Food Show, went to uh, the Mesa Grill that night, the original Mesa Grill, the one in New York City, the one that's not there anymore. It's by far, we've been to the Mesa Grill uh um, and we've also been to, uh, the Mesa Grill Las Vegas as well, which both of them completely uh, excellent, excellent food at both of them. But, uh, just the ambiance and the feel of the original Mesa Grill in New York was, uh, always my favorite. But, uh, I remember coming back from that weekend and, uh, the first feature I ran that night after we went there and I, I, I tasted some of the food and I, I pulled off a couple different things that he had. And I, I just love that red chili, that red chili salmon, um, it's just a, a, a chili powder, brown sugar, you know, dry mustard, salt, pepper, nice crust on the outside of it, sear it, boom, finish it off, cook it, and then uh, we're going to top it this week with uh, grilled corn, black bean salsa. I believe the, the, the grilled corn and black bean salsa 
uh, was on a pork dish that I had before. But uh, if you've ever been to Bold or if you've been around Altoona, I believe I've been cooking now 32 years around here. Yeah, salsas are my game. And probably the first salsa I ever made was a corn and black bean salsa. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to take it back. We're going to do the red chili rub salmon with the uh, grilled corn and black bean salsa. Uh, probably uh, what I'd like to do is, is, is tie a video into that. So if you have any questions uh, for um, the recipe, you can either, you know, send it to the page. Uh, Bill sells bold Facebook, uh, bold chef on Instagram, and uh, we can clear anything up that you have on that. Or, if, I mean, I would like to. Hopefully, I keep getting up, being able to do these podcasts, and I can answer questions on the next podcast about the recipe from before, and we can build a nice little pattern um, like that. So uh, other than that, I just uh, I really like to thank everybody. If you made it this far, like I said, uh, thanks for listening, and I hope I can entertain everybody and bring you some information from the food and restaurant uh, business that you might not know or uh, just – just had a ha, just would like to know um so hopefully again uh, in the future here i'm definitely going to have some uh, some future guests on here i just need to figure out how to use all my equipment uh, as i am the uh the host the sponsor the uh the audio tech everything i don't have a jamie yet <laughs> so uh again if you like everything maybe check it out subscribe um i plan on putting one uh, episode out every week to start maybe you can get uh more than that but uh for now um one episode every week and uh other things check me out on instagram like i said bold chef uh our facebook page bill sells bold features different menus different things we're doing um and other than that um just be nice to everybody out there do your push-ups swing that kettlebell and uh we'll see you the next time uh, adios amigos